0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Week three of BYU Spring Ball is underway. What are guys that are standing out to me, and who are some of the ones that are not necessarily living up to expectations? We'll delve into that, and also a one-on-one conversation with Atunaisamahe on today's show. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys making us a part of your routine, no matter when you're listening to this morning, noon, or night. Thank you for your support. We're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Diving right in on today's show, just a couple of things on BYU football. Obviously, they have wrapped up two of their first Five weeks of spring ball. And the biggest thing for spring ball for me is the BYU. Spring ball is a time for guys to either get off-season surgeries and recover from that, young guys to impress the coaches in uh, spring ball practices, and then the third kind of category are guys that are new to the program trying to go out there and essentially ingratiate themselves to their to their teammates, and that most notably are guys like Keaton Slovis who have transferred into the program. But uh, I was out there on Friday as BYU was out under the I guess sun I guess you could call it because it's actually been a pretty miserable late uh, spring. Spring, late spring, late winter slash early spring period. BYU finally getting outside on the turf uh, just to the west, or excuse me, be the north of the student athlete building on Friday. And I, I, I was, I was kind of plotting how I wanted to approach this Monday edition of the show. I figured, you know what we'll do? I want to talk about some of the guys who are standing out to me and maybe some of the guys who I want to see more from in the final three weeks of BYU spring ball. So we'll start off with the positive. Uh, some guys that are standing out to me include Micah Harper. I, he had a really, really strong season last year, many of you. Will recall watching number one really step in when Malik Moore went down with that hand injury in the fourth game of the season. Michael Harper essentially came on at that point and became BYU's star safety, and I think he's set to reprise that role. And if him and Malik Moore are going to play together in that backfield, I really, really like that tandem. They're very athletic. They're very head, uh, head, head, headstrong, uh, head, head smart is what I want to say, but they're very smart and cerebral players. And they're absolutely, I think, going to make a fantastic tandem, at least as the 1-2 tandem as it looks right now for BYU going into the 2023 season. Uh, the one thing about Micah is he's fearless. He's not necessarily the biggest dude, nor the tallest dude, or maybe the fastest dude, but what he is, is he's, he's very savvy out there, and he knows when to take risks. He had a really, really nice tackle on a fly sweep on Chase Roberts during Friday's practice. I'm really, really li- liking what I'm seeing from him. Also, on the defensive side of the football, I'm very Impressed so far from what I have seen from the trio of Eddie Heckard, uh, Jacob Robinson, and Uh, Maury Bamba. they've kind of been the three guys that have been playing cornerback most notably with the ones during spring ball so far and they've actually been on the field together at multiple points when BYU goes to more of a spread set and the one thing about this is all three of them doing different things to the package you got Maury Bamba, who is just this athletic marvel six foot three 190 pounds and can run with the best of them it's really really fun to see his overall skill set and physical gifts. Whereas Jacob Robinson, he's still pretty skinny, but the thing about this is he he just doesn't give up. He is relentless when he's out there on the football field. And Eddie Heckard, he is kind of the the, the guy who is just a savvy veteran. He has played at a high level for so many years for Weber State, now making the transition to BYU. He's not intimidated by the next level playing against uh, Division uh, I guess not Division One opponents, FBS opponents, or I guess FBS teammates. He hasn't been dissuaded by any of that, and all three of them have been very good. So I guess my overall takeaways: the defensive secondary has shown some really nice things. I'm also really impressed with what Keaton Slovis has done for BYU. Is he running the offense perfectly? No, and we only see small uh, snippets of practice as a media core, and in talking with people who have watched the entirety of practice, or practice insiders that feed us information, all they have said about Keaton Slovis is he he looks the part. That's the thing about this. This this offense seems to suit him far better than the offense at Pitt last year, Uh, and they say that he is really, really working hard to build rapport with his teammates. We have seen that uh, he's actually talked about it. Friday, he did an interview with the media and talked about the fact that he's he's excited that teammates. Whenever he wants to throw or they want to throw, they just have like a little text strand. They just kind of talk back and forth, and they get out the, on the field and are working on route concepts and all that stuff. It's really good to see a guy like this coming in, and uh, it's it's fun to see him really uh, buckling in with his teammates. And I, I, I for one. I'm excited to see what he can do for BYU this season. We'll see. Spring ball can be a little bit of a mirage, if I'm being honest, because there are so many things about spring ball that don't necessarily translate to really any other part of the football season, so to say, the football calendar, I guess I could say, about that. But the one thing I've liked about Keaton Slovis is he's saying all the right things and he continues to make plays. His backup, Cade Fenegan. we have seen precious little of Jake Retzloff, but that's due to some complications due to a tonsil removal. It's sounded like he had his tonsils taken out, got infected according to Aaron Roderick, so unfortunate not to see him out there in large doses when we're out there for media observation, but Cade Fenegan, folks, when he's healthy, he looks the part. He's got a really, really nice understanding of this offense. He's got a decent arm. He's got good athleticism. It could very well be that he ends up being BYU's number 2 quarterback coming out of spring, and I would say right now, two weeks in, he absolutely is that, but Jake Retzloff still has an opportunity to really show what he can do. Uh, A couple other notes uh, from me is that Kingsley Suomataia has made almost a flawless transition to left tackle from what I've been able to observe uh, with with offensive linemen. Uh, Sometimes the transition going from right side to left side can be a little bit of a transition. But... He's made it look very, very natural. Uh, we're seeing a nice uh, battle be at right tackle between Lee Salatai and Braden Kime. Both of them are very, very good players in their own right. Very tall, rangy, long athletes. I think Lee Salatai ultimately will get the nod there at right tackle, in my opinion. But the nice part is the interior of BYU's offensive line, without Paul Miley available during spring ball, has been very solid. We're seeing Waylon Lapuaho, Connor Pay, and Ian Fitzgerald almost exclusively with the ones in that interior unit, so it's fun to see guys like that, but I really like what Kingsley Suomata is showing. If he has a big season this year, it would not surprise me to see him being the third straight left tackle drafted out of BYU by the NFL. It would be an absolutely incredible run, uh, matching really what their quarterbacks have done for the BYU football program. So those are the guys that kind of stood out to me. In terms of guys I'd like to see more from, I still want to see more from this defensive line. They have their moments, it feels like. A new Lletao, Sellison, the transfer from Weaver State, playing with the twos on Friday, had a nice tackle for loss. Uh, it was good to see a guy like that match make a play, but I just, I want to see more from this defensive line in particular. I think they're still essentially understand, trying to learn the whole uh, concept and scheme. We had Caden Haas uh, talking to the media on Friday and saying that we're no longer just two-gapping as defensive linemen. We're actually allowed to go and make some more plays. We're essentially going to a spot and we have a responsibility. It's fun to see these guys embracing what this defense is, but I just I want to see more from them I, I, across the board. Like I said, I, I, every practice it seems like one or two of those guys makes a highlight real play during the media. Portion, but you want to see better, I guess, cohesive play along that front. The other thing about this is the linebacking core. It's also so incomplete right now. Without Ben Bywater or Max Thule out there, I can't—I don't think you can get a, a really good feel for what the linebacking core is. The future of it looks fairly bright because you're looking at the Kafusis, uh, Ace and Micah Kafusi, who have essentially uh, moved up the depth chart alongside Logan Peely to be playing with the ones at linebacker. All three of them have their moments, but they're so young still. Logan Peely probably the more... A physically capable guy who has been back working in the weight room. Uh, Only thing on Micah and and Ace Kafusi for me is just that they're just a little bit skinny. That's the thing about this, and I'm not surprised by that. The guy's just recently returned off of missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so it's not all that uncommon for them to be a little bit skinny and a little light in the rear end, as they say. But we'll see them as they hit the weight room a little bit more. I think they'll come on. The nice part is Kafusi—that last name—it's a name that should impress you because they're just they're hard-nosed football players, despite them being pretty skinny. They continue just to put their nose in there and uh, go out there and do their assignment to the best of their capability. But I just want to see a little bit more from them. I also want to see a little bit more from the running back position. They get bottled up a little bit too much at times, it feels like, uh, trying to run on the interior. Obviously, Aiden Robbins sitting out during spring ball, uh, during the team portions. He's been doing skill skill development type stuff, but not doing the team portions. We don't necessarily know what he will bring once he's actually able to go full go with this team. But the other running backs I want to see a little bit more from. We saw uh, Soljay Mayava peters He went down with a non-contact injury but did limp off after being checked out by trainers on Friday. It's actually the first time the media we've been out there, we've seen somebody come up injured. Also, uh, there was a cast on Parker Kingston's hand. It was uh, You could see that on Friday. I actually saw it earlier on last And in talking with some people. The good news, is it sounds like, is it's not something that's going to require surgery. So uh, w- that obviously will be something that just has to kind of wait out the period, let it, the bone heal up, and then get that cast off. And hopefully, he'll be back in action before too long. I would assume he's probably done for the rest of the spring ball. But a guy like that is a guy that you can expect will be part of this wide receiving core. And I think the bigger thing for Parker is if he can continue to show what he can do in the the return game. It'd be fun to see him finally returning some punts and kicks for BYU this year. Uh, He's got all... World type speed, game breaking type speed when he gets into the open field, and hopefully the return game can open up some opportunities for him to do just that. But like I said, when it comes to my observations of spring ball, just take it and understand that spring ball can, like I said, can be a little bit of a mirage. There was uh, there have been multiple seasons where I've been out to spring ball, seeing two or three guys who I'm like, man, that guy if they can make it to, make it to fall camp, they can make some noise. And in multiple circumstances, we get to fall camp, open up the roster, and those guys. Are are no longer on the roster. So... It's a crazy, crazy time. Most of the guys that talked about today, I would almost bet uh, I'd put big money on all of them being a part of BYU this fall. But uh, at the same time, the production level can change a little bit once the bullets, quote-unquote, are flying uh, during fall camp and obviously heading into the season. But very much looking forward to seeing the rest of Spring Bowl. We'll be out there later this week. Uh, First media observation this week is on Thursday. We'll also have an opportunity to be out at BYU uh, Pro Day on Friday. And then they will have media availability after a closed scrimmage on Saturday. So kind of the layout of how things are looking for the rest of the week, uh, media-wise, for BYU football. All right, coming up next, we're going to stick with football. Had a great opportunity recently to catch up with BYU defensive lineman Nice Amahe. I mentioned the fact I want to see more from the defensive line. Well, Nice is one of those guys that I think can really be a big impact player for BYU if he can realize his potential, stay healthy, and show his capability during this upcoming season. We'll get to that conversation here in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at Bilt Bar. They've been uh, taking part in March Madness as we all have. What an incredible weekend of basketball around the country but the Built March Madness bracket is here and they've done this annually for the past few years we know all of you out there if you have had a Built Bar you probably have a favorite bar or puff well now is your time to represent and go and vote for it in the Built Bar March Madness bracket go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to cast your vote for your favorites right now the best part is this gives you an opportunity to sound off on what the best Built Bar is they have a, a winner every single day when it comes to that bracket and the ultimate winner we'll find out what it is here in a few weeks time but the best part is right now, 50 lucky Locked On listeners get a chance to win a free box of Built when you go to Built Bar uh, excuse me, BuiltMarchMadness.com and cast your votes there. Not only that, but one Locked On fan is going to win a 12-month subscription to Built. Be a full year of getting the best bars and puffs delivered directly to your door from our friends at Built Bar. So you got to try Built, my friends. They're absolutely incredible protein bars. I'll say it once. I'll say it again. They are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to place your vote there. And also, watch. You're at it. Get to built.com, place your vote, and cast your ballot as well as ordering your latest built bars. Use the promo code lockedon15 for 15% off your order. Once again, promo code lockedon15 at built.com for the best tasting protein bars on the market and do it with our friends at Bill Barb. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. They have been with us uh, for a few months now. And the best part is right now is the perfect time to open a low-rate home equity line of credit from our friends at UCCU. Over time, the value of your home goes up, and as you make payments on the balance you owe, that that, that number goes down. That space in between is what they call equity, and it's yours, my friends. A UCCU home equity line of credit can put that equity delivery, uh, directly to work for you, like finishing your basement or, or yard or raising your home's value or paying off higher interest loans and getting out debt faster, helping with college and weddings, or just having that peace of mind, knowing that you have a low-rate line of credit ready for whatever and whenever, my friends. UCCU will also provide you with their very own home equity Visa card, giving you instant access to your equity. If you already have a home equity line with another banking institution, just refinance with UCCU and save. To learn more or to start your application today, visit uccu.com or stop by any branch and talk to them there. That's UCCU, love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. Cannot thank you guys enough for your support. If you want to get caught up on everything that happened in the weekend in March Madness, we would encourage you guys to check out our brand new podcast here, Locked On College Basketball. You guys are making waves. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bringing everything you know on and off the court. Hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. That's Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, time now to let you hear a one-on-one conversation I had with Naisa nice Mahe. Now, this is a guy who's been around BYU for quite some time. Had a great opportunity to talk about him, talk to him about his health, his strength. He's put up some incredible numbers in the weight room. He'll that, you'll hear that as part of this conversation and also what he hopes to accomplish in his remaining time as a BYU Cougar. So, without further ado, here you go. Naisa nice Mahe with myself right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. You're a guy who's been through multiple health things. You have the blood clot. You battled through that. What has kept you going through all of the issues you've had in the past, health-wise?
1: Uh, for the most part, it's just been, you know, um, I just have a lot of love for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have a lot to give to the game, and um, a lot, a lot of, a lot of this has been coming from the motivation of just doing it for not only myself but for my family and these boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys motivate motivate me every day to, to get better, do that one my one my eleventh every
0: day. So. That's pretty You're a guy, and I, I've known you since high school. I covered you in high school, and you were a weightlifter back in high school. But you went, you made the rounds on social media the other day. It was 600-plus 600, 600 pounds squat the other day. Oh, yeah. Like, did you realize that was going to go as viral as that was going to go? Oh, man, no, I didn't. I,
1: I told him to crop it. People don't know. It might be, no, nah, I just, <laughs> but uh, I, did, I didn't expect that at all. But you know, we're just, uh, all of us over here, you know, we got a lot of heavy lifters over here. I just happen to have been the one to be up on the camera. Um, but we got a lot of a lot of strong boys on the team.
0: Well, we also had Josh Larson. It wasn't like 400 some odd pounds. Oh, uh, yeah, bench. like 470, yeah. 465, yeah. yeah. So has that been an emphasis this offseason? Like, just in terms of, because I know the strength and conditioning has been revamped. They obviously brought in new strength coaches. You have uh, Dr. Uh, Main and Colby Claussen working with you guys. How much has changed in that regard?
1: A lot of it is uh, yeah. more speed and strength emphasis. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's different than what we've been uh, what we've been running, you know, the past couple of years. But um, it's uh, better for the good, and um, we, they they're getting us in shape. They're getting us better, strong, uh, more agile. I mm-hmm. feel, and um, we just got to trust the process, because uh, I know they're putting us in the right direction. Now you're working
0: with uh, Coach Pua uh, now as your defensive tackles coach. H- how are you enjoying working with him so
1: far? Uh, I love him as a coach, as a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's just like a father figure to us. Uh, he, he, he's pushing us in the right direction. Everything that he comes with, um, the whole culture and mentality that he, he uh, emphasizes for us, you know, it's exactly what the D-line needs. We need you know, take it to the next level. And uh, he's, he's the guy for the job. So just happy, to be, happy for him to be our coach and uh, happy to be under him. Did you know much about his background as a player, both in, at Utah and in the NFL, before he came here? Uh, I, I knew of him. Yeah. Uh, I knew of him, but not not as much as I did okay. when he first came down. That guy's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> Good player. <laughs> yeah. Seven, eight years in the in the league. Uh huh. Coaching, you know, coaching at Navy, coaching at Utah, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we we're, we're the next team up. And he freaking love that guy. We'll do all of us would do anything for
0: that guy. How much has the I guess philosophy and scheme for you as a defensive tackle changed with this new defense?
1: <laughs> Obviously, we ran more of a. You know, more of a three-down front mm-hmm. uh, nose tackle. Um, as far as scheme-wise, it's uh, it is a it is a change, mm-hmm. you know, but um, we're happy with the changes that have been made, and we feel like if we just stick to the playbook and understand our role, mm-hmm. um, it, it'll take us it'll
0: take us a long way. So, what is the biggest goal or goals that you guys have during spring that you just want to accomplish as a defense?
1: As a spring, first is getting down the defense. Yeah. Um, also, the chemistry—we focus a lot about, you know, trying to be a, a band of brothers. Mm-hmm. I feel like you—you you can have the you can have the most talented people on the team, um, but if you're not close and not connected, it's kind of, um, you know, everyone's on different levels. All of us want to be on the same level. So, as far as that, getting the playbook and um, just having big love for each other, I feel like that takes that'll take us a long stride mm-hmm. into going to summer summer training and then obviously fall.
0: How has Coach Hill changed his defense philosophy-wise, attitude-wise, just overall?
1: His mentality, he, it's, um, it's a dog mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very, he expects a lot out of us, mm-hmm. but that's because he believes in us. And uh, that's one thing I love about, about Coach Hill. Um, always pushing us to be our best self, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being optimal level. And so uh, everything under him, uh, we trust him and uh, we're just, we're excited to see what, where he takes us. If I'm not mistaken, this will be your last season, like eligibility-wise. Is the goal of the NFL? Like what, what's your end goal here? Yeah, man, you, you put in so much time and effort into all of this. You have to, uh, for me, that's, that's the goal. That's the next goal. Mm-hmm. Obviously I gotta get myself right, uh, get in the playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what, that's what, that's the, the goal of uh, our coaches, is to take us to the next level. Because uh, we put so much time and effort into everything we've done over here.
0: So, yeah, that, that would be the next. There you go, Naisa nice, Mahe. Cannot thank him enough for taking the time to join us right here on the podcast. Always good to get his thoughts on all things BYU because, like I said, he's a veteran guy, but you heard him talk about the fact he's just got a love for the game. That's what's kept him going throughout all the different health challenges he has faced in his BYU career. And uh, I, I actually think the new defense for him, this is my personal take, I think the new-look defense, the way the BYU defensive line is expected to play under Jay Hill's leadership, it actually fits a guy like Nice Mahe's skill set better than the previous setup did. That's just my personal opinion. We'll see how it ultimately pans out on the field this fall, but really, really like uh, what NYSA had to say about his future and what he hopes to accomplish in his remaining time as a BYU football player. All right, coming up next, we'll round out this edition of the show with some updates on BYU basketball. We have another player entering the transfer portal. Shouldn't be all that big of a surprise. And also, a look back at how the weekend went for BYU sports. We'll get to all of that here in mere moments. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel's been with us for months now, my friends. They are the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. The best part is uh, the tournament is heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, which is America's number one sportsbook because new customers are getting what they call a no-sweat first bet, which gives you bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do, is just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything in March Madness, NBA hoops, or even spring baseball. Whatever you're looking for, our friends at uh, as, uh, over at FanDuel have it for you guys. You can bet on everything from the money line to point score, and threes drain, and a million other uh, prop bets out there. The best part is FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't miss out on your chance to get your no sweat first bet from our friends at FanDuel. Let's go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more now. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Thank you once again for making us here on Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. You guys are absolutely awesome. Uh, it's actually been a really, really good month for us here in the month of March, and thank you for your support, downloading, watching, uh, rating, r- reviewing, subscribing, all the different things you guys do to help build this uh, community and this podcast. You guys are absolutely awesome, and our goal here is to continue to grow it as we go along here. We're four and a half years into this venture. I've been doing this podcast. Uh, I've... I've I've posted, I think I looked it up the other day, nearly 1,250 different episodes. That's an average of almost 300 shows a year. It's so much fun to do. But I truly appreciate your guys' support and thank you uh, for making us a part of your day. All right, a couple of things before we go on today's show. Let's start off with the women's basketball program. They opened up playing the WNIT on Friday against Rice and fell behind 10-0 early on in this game and just never were able to complete the rally to get back into it, losing 60, uh, excuse, me, excuse me losing 71-67 to to bow out of the WNIT in the first uh, round of the tournament. Uh, BYU finishes with a sub-500 record. A little bit disappointing there, but BYU will now uh, be looking to the offseason. The nice part uh, for what Amber Whiting did in her first year at BYU is, yes, the record wasn't stellar, but it was a little bit of a rebuild, obviously, trying to get things back under control. But the uh, the recruiting class that BYU women's basketball has put together on paper looks like one of the best recruiting classes BYU has ever had. And I was having a conversation with a person who is a little more in tune with what's going on in the women's basketball scene, had a great chat with him, and they said, Coach Whiting, the one thing she will bring is energy and just an absolute uh, want uh, to get out on the recruiting trail and bolster this BYU lineup. Uh, it's nothing against the former staff, they said, but it's just there's a, there's a new energy, I guess you could say, with this BYU women's basketball. Basketball team and we'll see what happens but a decent a decent first campaign for coach Whiting but obviously that recruiting class coming in should uh, help them uh, get to be maybe a little more competitive as they make tra- the transition to the Big 12 now. All right, a couple of the notes from the weekend that was in BYU sports. Uh, BYU uh, baseball ha- had an interesting weekend over the weekend. They uh, dropped two of three at LMU in L.A. BYU is not off to a great start this season in baseball, but hopefully they can rally a little bit. They'll be back in action tomorrow as they welcome UVU to Miller Park. The BYU softball team had uh, their weekend went very, very good. They had actually swept their doubleheader on Saturday against Idaho. Idaho. State winning 10-1 and 12 nothing in five innings apiece, making quick work of the Bengals. So BYU softball off to a good start. And obviously uh, when it comes to BYU they also are looking at it. I actually I closed the wrong pane. Dang it. I love I hate when I do that. Uh, talking about uh, different things on BYU side of things. But let me see if I can find this real quick. Let's pull this back up. Uh, okay. Maybe it didn't come back up. But regardless. The nice part for BYU is they continue to kind of plod forward here with baseball and softball. They're going to get to the, the point where they're actually hosting more home series than road series and going out on the road as much as they have been. Obviously now conference play will be, has already begun for BYU Baseball. Softball will be shorting, uh, starting very shortly. Uh, we'll see what happens for both of them, but uh, it should be an interesting year, because like I, we've talked about, the West Coast Conference, it's their final campaigns in that conference, obviously trying to gear up, get ready for Big 12 play. I think BYU Baseball, in particular this year, might take their lumps a little bit in the hopes that those younger players that have had a pretty good season so far, they can carry BYU a little bit further uh, on in the back half of the regular season for baseball, but uh, we'll see what happens. It's not been a great start to the season record-wise for BYU baseball, but I know Coach Pratt and his and his squad they'll be, continue to scrap. That's one thing about this BYU baseball team. It seems like every time I either tune in or have been checking on their box scores, they're just a team that they don't, they, they rarely it seems like let go of the rope. They have always kind of stuck with it, and we'll, we'll see what happens the rest of the way for BYU. Alright, final thing before we go on today's show is we've been looking back at all of these games in BYU's independent history in football, and it's It's a fun way to finish off the show because it's kind of a a march down memory lane. Uh, Friday, we ran out of time on the podcast to talk about this game, but uh, BYU, uh, obviously, after the injury to Taysom Hill, you lose that game against Utah State, it's disappointing, but then you have to go to UCF, and obviously, BYU is now breaking in a new starting quarterback. Christian Stewart is the guy for BYU. His first career start for BYU wasn't necessarily the, the greatest game across the board for BYU, but he did his part, I felt like, and that. This was a game BYU went to UCF. Obviously, UCF had come to BYU uh, in 2013. And BYU made the trek to Orlando to play down there. And UCF uh, actually rallied late in this one to pull it uh, from BYU because, in many ways, BYU controlled this game and it wasn't like I said it wasn't a pretty game for the Cougars. But Justin Holman threw a four-yard touchdown pass to William Stanback on the first possession of overtime to lift uh, UCF to a 31-24 win over BYU. Uh, that win gave UCF a three-and-two record and BYU dropped to a four-and-two record after losing to uh, Utah State the previous week. Uh, Christian Stewart had a fourth-down pass that fell to complete in the. in the end end zone that ended the game for BYU. But like I said, in your first career start, a guy that's not expected to play a ton for BYU in the 2014 season, I thought Christian Stewart did as much as he possibly could have. 22 of 37, 153 yards, three touchdowns against one interception. I'm not sure how much more you're going to ask for in that game. Uh, Jamal Williams was not available in this game. He actually only had one carry for one yard. I believe he got injured, if I recall correctly, in this one. So that obviously hurt BYU's chances in this game. But it's just one of those things is there was like a pall kind of cast over this team when it came to this period of the 2014 season. I remember covering this and thinking man, this team is just they haven't recovered uh, quite yet from that uh from that from that injury to Taysom Hill. And obviously that was going to take some time for them to get over. We'll talk more about their game after this one cuz you lose 31 to 24 in overtime. All right. Shake it off. See what you can do. Get back at it. And you return home to host an Oklahoma team. Excuse me. Not an an Oklahoma team. Oklahoma. That's in the Big 12. Came home to host Nevada. This was a Thursday game at UCF. So it was a very quick turnaround from Utah State getting down to UCF. But you had some extra time off to work on that offense a little bit, getting back in town as you welcomed Nevada uh, to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We'll talk about that one tomorrow. But uh, for first career starts, as far as they go, Christian Stewart, I think, did his part. But like I said, it just wasn't meant to be. UCF rallies late they were the better team on the day and as such BYU struggled and fell to four and two but uh, let's put it this way the the fall uh, from a 4 and0 start was just about halfway to the bottom, it felt like, of the well, and we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Cannot thank you guys enough for the time. Uh, Checking out the show, downloading us, rating and reviewing it, like I said, all that stuff you guys do to support this podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen. Now go make your second listen, our friends, over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Uh, Josh Neighbors does a great job covering everything going on in the Big 12 conference. How did the weekend go for the conference in the NCAA tournament? Get caught up on that. What's new in football? He's got all of it. Check it out on YouTube and also Check it out wherever you get your podcast. So until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.